Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Y'all know me, still the same old shit, but I've been low key, painted on by most of these niggas with no cheese, no deals and no G's, no wheels and no keys, no postcodes, no mobiles and no skis. Mad at me, cause I can finally afford to provide my family with groceries. Got a crib with a studio and a saw for the tracks, to add to the wall full of plaques. Hanging up in the office and back of my house like trophies. But y'all think I'ma let my dough freeze? Oh please, you better bow down on both knees. mouth dr dre is i don't even think he's a doctor um what's up folks it's so bad it's good with ryan bailey i am ryan bailey it is two it is wednesday this is your wednesday episode um so i have strep throat and i'm getting better my fever i believe has broken so that's positive uh glands are not hurting as bad and i'm still using trying to use a very low voice but i wanted to um 
put out something, but I actually, I'm, I'm putting out something today. Well, just because, man, today was the worst day for me to not be able to talk to you guys. Do you know how much crap happened today? It was almost like, it was almost like God was like, screw you, Ryan. I'm going to take your voice away and then have every pop culture story. Just, I'm going to throw it out there. You know, like, I mean, so let's cover everything. And by the way, something just dropped about 30 minutes ago. And I'm just like, what? Please make it stop. Could we all agree? If there's anybody that is in charge of pop culture figures out there, please stop. Think about me for what? Can I think about you all the time? Can't you think about me? So here's what we're dealing with today already, folks. Um, Kylie Jenner officially confirms she's pregnant. Now, this has been rumored, but. She's probably five to six months along. She releases a video fully edited. I think Steven Spielberg directed it or something. Always the most highly produced videos with Kylie. She spends her billion dollars very well. She really has quality. Like you see everybody finding out and each scene where they're finding out, they look like they're in some kind of castle with like candles and everything lit everywhere. It's just, like everything is so staged. Like, my life is so messy compared to Kylie's. It's just like shit. Like, I have a bag, and I just throw shit in there. Like, I just throw, like, there's, like, loose change, like a receipt, like a tissue, like a random tissue is always in there. I don't even have tissues. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just have a, like, a grab bag of shit. Kylie Jenner, everything is just so perfect. I just, it, it, it upsets me, you know? Like, Kylie seems nice, I guess, but, like, it's just too staged and planned out and all. I just... I, I, I like I like their pools. Their pools look amazing. I don't know. You know what I'm saying though? Like it just that's not I, I'm Midwestern. Like I just don't I just I I don't know. I don't know why that's the thing I chose that, that that's what bothers <laughs> That's what bothers me about this whole thing is it's just too neat. I need a man Travis Scott look like he's all like happy and stuff. And I'm like, Travis, if Travis was so happy he'd actually put a ring on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still don't understand what happened because it said he's had a girlfriend the whole time. There's that rumor that he had that one girlfriend he's still with and that he supposedly has a kid with, allegedly. And so now during quarantine, like quarantine for the Kardashian men, it was like a cleanup season for the Kardashian women, even though it's like they always create their own doom with the men they choose. So like was Kylie's quarantine project to get pregnant again? And I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm saying like, Kylie wanted to get pregnant again. Like in interviews, she said, this is the right age for Stormy to have a sibling. So then it was like, she really must like, like Travis, unless she, I mean, Stormy is kind of perfect, but you know what I'm saying? Do you ever think about that of like really go in on the topic? And I know I'm a little, maybe my fever hasn't broken actually, as I'm starting to to protrude sweat. Maybe I'm just nervous because I feel like Chris knows I'm talking about them, but, um, I thought it was fascinating. You guys got to watch this video. It's like just a couple minutes long, but it's all, I'm just like, who edits this? Is there like a team of editors? Is there like a truck outside the house putting footage together? Cause you know, it's not like Kylie uh, over on like iMovies, like piecing things together. I mean, that would be amazing though. If Kylie was like an insane, okay, I got to, I'm talking too much already. And I see this. I like, I like talking to you guys. And when I don't get to talk, I was on the internet way too much today, making stupid memes half don't I don't even think makes sense I just got so herpy derpy is that even a word herpy derp like no I got you know like I got slap happy at moments and then I'm just on the internet I don't have a voice 
to talk. And so then I just, all of it gets built up and then I turn on the mic and I go. So that was one story. Um, Scott and Amelia Bedelia broke up, supposedly. Well, no, they did. They're taking some time apart, it says. And I, you know what? I, I fully support Amelia. I, I make fun of Amelia Bedelia, but this is exactly why we made fun of this relationship to begin with, because we knew Scott's heart wasn't in it. You know, sometimes when you see something, a pop culture news story it is exactly as it seems. And this is what it was. It was exactly as it seems. Scott is not over Courtney. Also, Scott is not a good man. Scott is a troubled man. He has no code, no ethics, no morals, and he's rich. He potentially has a substance abuse issue because of problems he's not dealt with in therapy about his parents, about his childhood, all of that stuff. Regardless, he then unfortunately takes that out on younger women. And it that became a pattern, and that's really dangerous, you know? I can make fun of Amelia for a lot of things, but my thing that was upsetting about that is that now Amelia is going to compare a lot of her future boyfriends to Scott Disick, you know? Is that this potentially, you know, like men or even in women to men in relationships or men to men, is that we all leave, uh, you know, these little psych like psychic scars on each other, right? You know, and you carry those on to your next relationship or your next relationship. And sometimes it makes those next relationships so much harder because you're carrying around all this emotional baggage from all of these relationships and all of these people that potentially have harmed you along the way, you know, the road of life. Holy shit. How? I mean, I got to be on more medicine more often. That was so deep um what if i haven't even been recording this no i'm recording um but you know what i'm saying so my thought was like oh man he's not in this and you would tell in every photo she looks completely completely in love and um he didn't he just looked like he was like yeah i'm here yeah i hey i'll let you take a picture babe that's that's good enough i don't need to smile for this you know He's like, wear, wear a skimpier bikini so the paparazzi can take a shot of me with a hot girl in a skimpy bikini. Like, it, it, you know what I'm saying? So I think she completely made the right decision. Uh, Lisa Rinna, of course, uh, uh, People Magazine said multiple sources confirmed that they were broken up. And my thought was it's all each one of those sources is Lisa Rinna in a different wig. She's like, it's Brenda. They broke up. Hey, it's Marjorie. They broke up. Hey, it's like, ma'am, this sounds like the uh, same lips. Oh, no, it's not. It's not Lisa Rinna, I'll tell you that much. Um, but I think that's great. I hope they don't get back together. Usually with breakups, though, they usually get one more time uh, with each other. Sorry, let me turn this air thing off. I, um, my, my body temperature seems to go hot and cold. Like, I'll be cold one moment, then I'll start sweating the next. It's... Uh, how do you say it? it's it's sexy? Um, so that was a new story, but I'm very happy about that one. I think we all saw that coming. And isn't it funny that it happens at the beginning of September, the end of summer? So it is the definition of a summer fling. What is the uh, somebody wrote? Uh, it's like uh, it's like summer loving from Greece, which I love. Like summer loving had me a blast. Summer loving happened so fast. Met a guy rich and with kids met a girl i don't even know her name i miss courtney so much uh is she humping travis <laughs> um i think this is making sense and uh so that happened what else we that see there's only two stories there's so much you guys um 
okay, let's let's do another let's do another one. We're we're getting close. Um Okay, Britney's demon dad files to end conservatorship. Now, this is great. We are one step closer to actually uh, free Britney actually happening. Britney might be free. Now, this is really interesting. So remember, Britney got a top-notch lawyer finally, which she had to get approved by a judge to be able to get a good attorney because she's had a court-appointed attorney this whole time, which is ridiculous. So what this, this conservatorship is going on 13 years. So Jamie files a petition to get removed as a conservator, saying that there is no need for a conservatorship position anymore. And uh, so there's a lot of different ways to look at this. And I, uh, uh, Megan, my friend who's been on the podcast and also a lawyer, she was telling me, she says there's a possibility that, uh, sorry, I'm trying to think, she uh, is that he's removing himself because it will, oh, let me, sorry, one second. Okay, yes, um, sorry, I was trying to like think in my head what I was told and it, I just couldn't get the thought. So I actually had to stop the recording and think. Like, have you guys ever done that where you're like, let me think and you're by yourself and so you just sit there and you try to think? <laughs> you know, you're just like sitting there like the actual thinker, the statue, and you're just, going around in your mind like what's that thought what am i trying to access the information it was basically is that he there's he he could be removing himself because if it is found that the conservatorship wasn't supposed to be there in the first place that he abused the conservatorship he can then be sued and also um he was bonded for 47 million dollars uh, because a conservatorship is also a financial uh, fiduciary role. So you have to get bonded for that. So he's bonded for $47 million. And if this is proven, like if they take him to court, now if Britney's, um, if Britney's lawyer decides to pursue legal action, I think this is, they're saying he's filing this petition in hopes of them not pressing any charges against him or pursuing this and are just happy with him, you know, exiting quietly. Um, but if not, they could potentially sue him and then he would be liable for a big chunk of money. Um, that's another thought. All of this is alleged, but these were interesting, uh, theories because all of a sudden out of the blue after this many years, but it is on the, uh, the tail end of Brittany getting that lawyer. I believe his name's Matthew Weingart. Is that, am I just making that up? Um, it, uh, oh God, I just got sent. I just got sent a photo of Lisa Rinna preparing for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion, which they are shooting on Friday, uh, September 10th. September 11th is the next day. Um, uh, It potentially would have been more fitting if they filmed on September 11th, because I think that thing is going to be a train wreck. Um, But uh, Lisa Rinna said preparing for the reunion, and she's like, wearing one of the scariest face masks at a facialist place but i'm like why do you post this shit because i'm just gonna screenshot it and continue to make fun of you i mean like i i think she's in on the joke sometimes i don't know it's completely bizarre um so anyways i've thought so much about this reunion too like do you guys think i okay i gotta get better so i can do the recap on friday um okay is that it? oh no so this is the uh the news that just broke John Mulaney, 
uh, finally confirms that him and Olivia Munn are pregnant. They're expecting their first child. Now, this was rumored, of course, because there was paparazzi shots taken last week of her in baggy sweatpants and all of this stuff. It looked exactly like me in baggy sweatpants, so I always look like I'm carrying. But, uh, yeah, they're definitely expecting. He confirmed it on late last night with Seth Meyers or late night with Seth Meyers um, this past evening. Uh, so it broke to the they released it to the news at 10.09 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that's when you know they're like, this has been a huge media news story today. Let's release this news now. Because a lot of the times that means it'll just get buried. Like they have all night. East Coast won't even, you know, they won't see this until the morning. So it's just a really not clever per se. That's why you get a lot of news released on Friday evenings because in the weekend it's not as hyper as during the week. But that's another thing you can do is sneak it out really late at night or release that information. So it's you always got to pay attention to when we hear the news. Um, and this is not conspiratorial in any sense. It's just that there, remember, there's PR machines. People do get pay, paid for public relations and PR is all about how they want your image to get out there when, and, and part of that is timing, you know, and that's why they have a plan on promoting movies, TV shows, actors, actresses, you know, so it's all by design, you know, same thing with uh, album releases, all of that stuff. So this was all planned. And I think it's just interesting when this time happened. And it really was just a huge news days. I, I, I can't imagine Chris Jenner is very happy. She's like, you bastard. Mulaney stole it away from my girl, Kylie. Also, I wonder, do you wonder if they told Courtney at all or did Courtney find out from the Instagram post? I always imagine for some reason her being the last, even though I think she let leapfrog something. Did she leapfrog Kendall? I think with the Travis Barker relationship, oh, she might have leapfrogged Kendall in the hierarchy. Do you think? Like, I think she might not be the most boring Kardashian anymore by a long shot. She should close down Poosh. I've said that I said that uh, last week and I've said that multiple, multiple times. I think I don't even think that exists. I think she Courtney just likes to tell people. I think she has just the web domain. And I think it's just I don't think it even I don't. Does anybody read Poosh? Anyways, <clears throat> I think. Yeah. But I always like to think Courtney's the last one that even gets to hear Kardashian news. She always like finds out from Instagram. She's like, what? Whose birthday is it today? Oh, no. Did I miss another thing? Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, that all of that happened. And then I wanted to uh, leave uh, leave you guys with, before we get to the interview portion, uh, which I'm very proud of this interview. Um, let's see. So we got the Mulaney. Um, okay, yeah. Um, there was no personal... Uh, updates on myself. Um, oh, okay. So yeah. So they released the two minute, the first two minutes of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season two. Now, if you guys have not seen it, go to Instagram, go to Twitter. It's all there. Uh, Bravo Insider released it. So it's an official release. In fact, they released eight minutes of the season premiere episode, which is airing this Sunday, September 12th. Um, I, um, I, 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 spoiler alert, I guess. I, even though we talked about it yesterday, um, they do show uh, the feds coming for Jen Shaw. You see them, uh, you see that all go down. You see them go in the van. You see Jen Shaw get a call from Coach Shaw. You see her directly look at the camera. You can tell there's like a panic look in her eye, but she's keeping it cool. She has Whitney shut off her mic pack. 
and then she just calmly steps out gets in a truck and takes off and then all of a sudden they cut to like feds approaching the van and like whitney and Whitney and Heather and the new girl and Lisa are in there. They're like, what? And then all of a sudden there's helicopters in the sky and like feds are at Jen Shaw's house and like it in, in, um, uh, sorry, Whitney, um, is like, um, Whitney says, uh, oh my, she's reading Twitter or something and like, oh my God, they're indicting her. And she's like, oh my God, I just got goosebumps. And, uh, then it ends with like three months earlier or something. So they did a flash forward. So if you went back and listened to old episodes, this is exactly what I told you I expected to happen. So, uh, but it's brilliant. I really think it's it's so good. It's so exciting. And we just know that it's probably going to be on the tail end of the season that we actually see th- this day. So it's so exciting because the rest of the episode is great too. And it presents us with so many other opportunities that, get, that we'll get to see. And that's what I th- even find so exciting about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season is that there's so many other great stories besides Erica. And I think the same thing as Salt Lake City. So it adds that extra level of excitement, you know? And I know I'm, I sound really passionate, but I'm just trying to speak in a lower register because <laughs> it hurts less. <laughs> um, and uh, so go watch that if you haven't. I'm not going to put in the audio clip just in case it, you don't want to really have it ruined. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, But Real Housewives of Potomac, too, this season is so good. I, I, I need to recap that. I, I was recapping that on the Patreon. And uh, I got to get back to that because it uh, it is just such a good season. And it's not like anything crazy exciting is happening. It's just all those ladies for some reason, cast work well together. And Potomac does it, Beverly Hills does it, New York is not doing it. But it doesn't mean that the show needs to go away or anything like that. It's just certain casts work. And by work, I don't mean they all get along. No, no, it means they totally sometimes don't get along. But in a way, that's like teamwork in itself, you know? Like, housewives not getting along is sometimes being a good teammate, if that makes sense. I'm going to stop with these sports analogies. Um, And then I wanted to end with this. So we also got the taglines for season two. I will be playing them right now. The only thing I'm guilty of is being shamazing. In a town of beauties and beasts, there is only one wild rose. You don't have to like me. I love myself enough for the both of us. I have plenty of everything, including opinions. I may be known for my ice, but I always bring the heat. If you come for me, I will send Jesus after you. I was raised a Mormon, but now I'm raising a glass of champagne. Can we just take a moment of silence? What was that? <laughs> like, what? Wait, okay, so let's go over this. Because I... I I I heard this and I was like, I thought I was like having like I was like, oh, no, I'm still feverish because I was like, there's no way that was that's their taglines. Like, that's just like I thought it was like a sketch or something. I was very confused because I was like, this is so weird because it just didn't make tons of sense to me in so many ways. So Jen Shaw's is the only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw amazing. Now, I'm guessing Shaw, like, I don't know if Jen knows this, Shaw Mazing has like a mandatory prison sentence of five to ten years. 
Um, also, what a way to show us that you are not taking any of this seriously. She is going the Erica Jane route of like acting like she doesn't realize she's on a show that will be seen and used against her by a court of law. Like, what is somebody? Is she just like, well, I'm going to go out swinging and hopefully my nefariousness will actually get me hired somewhere down the line. Like, that's wild, you guys. She preyed on the elderly with her scam. Like, I mean, it's just not funny. So Whitney's is in a town of beauties and beasts. There's own, there's only one wild rose because Whitney Rose, right? In a town of beauties and beasts, there's only one wild rose. So I'm guessing she saves Utah at some point. Like, is she, this is like a Game of Thrones. I don't, in a town of beauties and beasts, there's only one wild rose. It just reminds me of like some kind of like night story or Game of Thrones. It's like Game of Thrones like. I just feel like there might be a dragon involved this season. I. It was a very, but you know what I'm saying? Like, a, it's weird tagline. Like, it didn't make tons of sense to me. Maybe somebody else can explain it to me. Now, Lisa. It totally makes sense. You don't have to like me. I love myself enough for the both of both of us. And that totally fits for Lisa. It, it kind of seems like that's exactly where she was last season, too. So we're not expecting a lot of character development with uh, Lisa Barlow this season, which that's fine. Um, four is the new character, Jenny. And hers is, I have plenty of everything, including opinions. Okay, that's basic. Not Not great. Not horrible, just basic. But we got to see what, you know, uh, obviously she has thoughts on things. Um, okay, now this is, this is, okay, Mary, this is just great. Like, Mary's is, if you come for me, I will send Jesus after you. Now, this is so interesting because what she's saying here, you guys, if you speak ill against uh, uh, Mary, she's going to have Jesus kick your ass. Like, that's just... Mary will have Jesus kill you. Like, that is not, that's non-negotiable. Mary uses Jesus as her personal security force. And I don't know if she even pays for that or what the deal is, but, like, she's using Jesus as a one-man army. And that is, but it's wild, because you do think, like, Jesus even watches this show? And if Jesus does watch this show, is he getting paid now? Or can he sue for the use of his name? Like, who is looking out for, like, like, you're not allowed to talk shit about certain people or you'll get sued. And then everybody's just allowed to use Jesus in their pro. Like, you can't use that as your tagline. That should be illegal. Also, like, she's involved in a church. Like, isn't this, isn't, I mean, do you, am I, am I going crazy? Like, that's not, you shouldn't have, like, Bravo shouldn't have even let her use Jesus in a tagline. She's saying, like, and guess what? I've talked bad about Mary so many times. Like, I don't want to be like, yeah, send Jesus after me. Like, if Jesus does come for me, can I be like, can I talk to you? Like, have you seen Mary? Like, you would make fun of her, too. You created her. You know what? I, like, it's just such a confusing tagline, and it raises so many theological questions for me. Um, <clears throat> Meredith is great. <clears throat> I may be known for my ice, but I always bring the heat. And I think that's a, I think that's a good tagline. And Meredith definitely engages this season. From the first episode that I, I saw, she gets in, she very passionate a couple times in the episode. And it was really nice to see. I think I might have given her not enough credit last season in certain episodes. So really thought hers was great. And then Heather's is, I was raised a Mormon, but now I'm raising a glass of champagne. 
Now, I love Heather, but I was raised. So what is she saying? I was like, once I got out of religion, I became an alcoholic. Like, what? But now, I, but now I'm, I was like, I was raised a Catholic, but now I'm raising a huge bottle of vodka. Um, I was raised a Mormon, but now I'm raising a glass of champagne. Like, I already know Heather is kind of like, you know, cast off by the Mormon community of uh, Utah in some ways. And I can't imagine this really helps anything, <laughs> but good for her. I mean, so those are the taglines for Real, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I just thought I needed to share those with you guys. So that was the segment I'm going to do. Oh my God, I'm almost talked this long. And I have a couple people that are going to be mad at me that I did. So I'm going to get off here in one more sec. Guys, see, but it's so fun talking to you guys. And it's okay. Um, Oh, the last thing, I watched the first episode of Impeachment, uh, American Crime Story, Ryan Murphy's series. They did the beautiful one on The People versus O.J. a couple of years ago, and they did the Gianni Versace one that you can find on Netflix. But the first episode with Beanie Feldstein and um, Sarah Paulson as uh, Linda Tripp. It, I mean, Sarah Paulson, I mean, just... She's going to win an Emmy for this. Just the first episode alone, I was like, oh, my God, that's Sarah Paulson. But she it's so hard when you have to imitate somebody else, but then kind of still inject them with humanity, like actually make them a human. And from the first episode, she killed it. Of course, you don't get to see Clive Owen as Bill Clinton until the very end. And even then, you're just like, come on, man. You're casting Clive Owen as Bill Clinton. Like Bill Clinton's like, yeah, all right. They got the casting right on. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it was really good. I really, I really dug it. I can't wait for more episodes. So I think that is definitely worth checking out. And finally, I wanted to say Bachelor in Paradise. I am loving it so much. And I'm not going to get into it right now because I could literally do a whole episode on it because I really find it fascinating for so many reasons. Because I really don't like watching The Bachelor and Bachelorette, but I do because I'm a masochist. But but Bachelor in Paradise just works wall to wall for so many reasons. It's almost like The Bachelor and Bachelorette should only exist so they can have a feeder system into Bachelor in Paradise just to have a rotating cast on that show because I, I find it so good. So I'm going to do an episode on that down the line because I just I want to talk about it and talk some things through with you guys with it. But if you're not watching it, I think you could probably catch up. I think there's only been like six or seven episodes so far. Um, but I found it really entertaining. It gets better and better each week. Okay, so today's the guest. So it's a So Bad It's Good Rewind. I've never done this before, but I'm replaying an interview. I did this a couple months ago with the one and only Heather Gay from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I'm doing this uh, because Salt Lake City airs this Sunday, so hopefully you'll get pumped. And I know we have a lot of new listeners since I did this interview. Also, it's one of the interviews I'm kind of the most proud of because we actually go kind of deep in it. We talk about divorce. We talk about the upcoming season. We talk about Jen Shaw. And she does talk about it. She she really talks about it. And if you guys already heard this, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so for those of you who have already listened to it, don't want to listen to it again, totally get it. I'll talk to you, um, I think, on Thursday and, of course, on Friday. Hopefully, if everything keeps healing. Um, but for those of you who didn't, who didn't, I think you're really going to, uh, if you didn't like Heather, I think you're going to love Heather. If you already liked Heather, I think you're going to really like Heather. Um, but it just was one of those great, uh, conversations for me personally, where I got off that and I was like, I think that one went good. And I rarely say that 
I mean, Maditza can contest it. Like, I'll always, like, how'd it go? Oh, it was horrible. Like, I, I just never think it goes well. So um, this was one that I just thought really went well. I was really happy with this one. So I thought it would just be the perfect time to play this because we're all so pumped about Salt Lake right now. Or maybe I just am, but I really am pumped for this season. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here is Heather Gay. Thank you so much. If you already listened, so I'm, uh, the 30 minutes before this, hopefully it was a little taste. And uh, thank you guys for sticking with me. And thank you for all the well wishes. I am getting better and I will talk to you very soon. Bye. Okay, you guys, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I am so excited to have my next guest. You are not going to believe who I'm talking about. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know I have talked about her since the very first episode of her first season of what I think is an iconic Bravo show. She is one half of the supergroup Bad Weather. She is a woman who is blazing her own trail. Uh, she is the most iconic single writer. Uh, and I think she's just a clarion call for everything that is good and pure in the Bravo universe. But we'll see if she's going to fall uh, prey to that second season curse. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Heather Gay. Heather, Hello. how are you? <laughs> it's too late. I've already, I've already yeah. come to the second, se- the season two curse. I think see, I. I, see, I want to get into all of this with you because I know I think you're a Bravo fan. Like, in fact, I know you're a Bravo fan even before this happened. But okay, so I do need to. I'm going to ask this question, and this is going to set the tone for the entire rest of the interview. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Will you marry me? Yes. Okay, well, that's a great interview, you guys. Let's see. We'll see Heather on the second season of Real. No, um, uh, I actually would love to do a spinoff called Heather <laughs> After. Married. Are we gonna be so like good double Heather, uh, uh, double writers with Heather and Ryan? Um, yeah, it'd be like Ryan Bailey hyphen Gay or Gay Bailey. <laughs> I mean, either one we can make that happen. Um, okay, so there is actually no, there is actually an elephant in the room that I kind of want to get out of the way up top that everybody is going to be wondering about is, um, is Beauty Lab going to open more locations soon? Is that, <laughs> is that happening at all? Yes, dude, that is in the work for sure. That's the big question. Everyone's just, you know, white knuckling the answer. <laughs> Don't worry, you can sleep, rest assured, we're expanding. No, uh, the, the obvious uh, question, and and uh, because I know this will hopefully be uh, talked about on season two, and I know there's only so much we can talk about, but there is a character, and I think one of your friends, I don't know if you're aware of her on the show, uh, her name is Jen Shaw. Oh, and, I've heard of her. Heard okay, of her. yes, you had a lot of scenes with her in the first season, and uh, there is some stuff that is potentially how that is happening that we all know is happening um i know you can't really talk a lot about it but like are you okay like is everything okay you filmed the second season already so is yeah. is what is i it can say about? is this is this is the biggest hugest thing that has happened to our community and to our group of friends and to jen personally and to me personally i mean this is big and it's real and um if anyone I just think my experience of being a housewife and being on this show has been the number one question everyone asks me is, is it real? Is it scripted? And I'm like, it is so real and it is so not <laughs> scripted. And there is nothing about it that is even, even manufactured really. Yeah. This is truly the emotions. I mean, the dinners are planned and the parties are planned and everything else is a whiteboard of emotion and passion and, misogyny. 
Well, I feel like your first season, it's like you guys were almost at a level of like fifth season. You guys were like a well-oiled machine and you're like 15 or 16 episodes. But then second season rolls around and like the rumor, and I know the rumor was all this happened supposedly on camera. Like this is supposedly you had just finished, uh, started filming the second season, but this is like something that happens like nine seasons in, like this is in something insane and obviously something that's very real. So I can't really joke about it because it is something that is ongoing and something real. Um, but how, I mean, it's already bizarre being on TV. This has got to even just send it to the next level of bizarre. Yeah. It, it sends it. It was, it had two, two, um, it had two results, I guess. Yeah. Two outcomes. And what I was going to say is, so it's all very, very real, but it's also hyper-realized. And I don't think anything's bigger or more hyper-realized than a federal indictment or your friend, you know, facing prison. Like this is hyper-realized drama, but it is real and it's happening. And so what I can say is like, it does feel like we're 10 years in, but we're only second season. Everything plays out real time. We are in it with her. We are going through it as friends, as, you know, as people who for the first time in their lives are public figures and for the first time in their lives have to answer to not only their families and friends, but to a worldwide audience and to also see their trials and struggles played out and, and subject to public opinion. So it is, it is, all the five horsemen of, yeah. of drama. You know yeah. what I mean? You've got yeah, I mean, it's like everything. And-, and crime and passion and loyalties and friendships and all on the backdrop of Salt Lake City, Utah, you know? And, and which, by the way, I what I love about your show so much is that it. what I always told people when talking about it, I said, why your show has so, like legs, I feel like, is that you have this backdrop of religion. You have such a foundation, which the other Housewives uh, shows do not. And I'm not talking even just about the Mormon religion. You have Mary's religion, you have like, but all of that. And that's such a strong foundation because it's not been explored in these shows at all. And especially you, I mean, your journey, like you really did have a journey from your first episode where I was like, oh no, she's going to get like, she's going to get really like nailed down by this whole process. And then by the end where I was like, oh my God, you rose above and you like each was episode. Was that the impression I gave? I did not rise above. No, no. Wait, no, wait, wait, Heather, you were completely honest. Okay. This is what I, I, and I, I, I know I'm over talking, but I, I, I'm, uh, I'm a divorced man and I, um, your journey and, and some of the things that you said really hit me at such an emotional level of, you know, maybe even things weren't completely right, but I would, there is this sense of potential failure that I, that I, you know, I stood up in front of people and the same thing with religion, you know, when you do this under a backdrop of God, you know, that is so huge. That's more than just like your normal cheating or lying on Vanderpump rules. That's like that you're talking a lifetime commitment and then even into the afterlife, but you were so honest about that. And you weren't like some like kind of wilted, like wallflower. You were still like confident, funny. We saw you even pick up that dude at Sundance. (laughs) We saw, you know, like you weren't like some, so the journey from the first episode to the end, you saw this full range of a person. And that's what I loved about you. You know? I appreciate that. I feel, um, I feel like, 
I'm going through this journey like it's happening. I mean, I, I don't know if you know how I got on the show, but no, can you tell me actually? I, yeah, I, I purpose- absolutely. Well, I was a Bravo fan and I entered the Bravo fan sweepstakes and I saved all my cereal box tops and all my <laughs> box tops. I put it in an envelope and I just entered the <laughs> sweepstakes and I won the lottery yeah. and I got picked to be the fan. <laughs> but that's kind of how I feel. Like it feels like I had, um, you know, if we were to go back to like the core person who I was, even just going through the divorce, like, so I've had these big, huge shifts or schisms in my life, you know, and divorce was the first one because it separated me from like, who my whole life purpose, you know, and and I also didn't have a way to resolve that within the context of my religion for myself. So I had all these battles going on, like my personal identity, my family identity and my, you know, Mormon identity. And so the first like thing to fall from that was the marriage. And then the second thing I think was the religion. And you guys kind of got to see me going through that process at the very, very beginning. Yeah. So I, I look back and I see my growth from the filming and that's really only, you know, 16 weeks, but then you magnify that by the year and a half before it aired and where we're at now And I have left, like, if I had boulders in my backpack, one of them was the shame of my divorce and the other was the conflict and cognitive dissonance with my religion. Yeah. And I've kind of, you know, certainly I've taken those boulders out of my backpack, but I'm still wearing the backpack and I'm still, you know. Yeah, there are these scars that you Yeah, there's these scars that you learn to live with that you eventually kind of get proud of because it's a marker of something that you went through. But when you're going through it, you have no, I mean, at least for me, I have no, it, it was such foreign territory. Um, I, I was raised uh, in Kansas and then moved to Arizona and I, I first met my my first like Mormons and I my best friend was Mormon and he... Um, he uh, got my other friend, uh, Dusty, he, uh, what is it, when converted him to Mormonism and I watched him go on his mission. And, and I, what I will say was that I'd never seen such a close knit group of people and they all had smiles on their faces and they were all so nice. And so, and I just really love that aspect of it. But of course we know that with any religion or anything, there are these other things. Um, and, and part of it is so weird because you would think in your time of need, it's like, well, isn't that the time they flock around you more? And we saw you where by the end you're like, are we going to church on Sunday? Are we, you know, like you're going to be talked about or gossiped about, which is, kind of a fun uh, metaphor for the whole Bravo universe. Um, but like, but also if you're so used to that, I mean, it's something that you miss in a way. And do we, do we see you struggle with that more in the second season? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't go away. I'm still as effed up in sex season two as I was in season one. I can't, uh, I think I'm still working every day to reconcile what my new moral center is. Yeah. Because it's been ascribed to me my whole life. I didn't ever, it never mattered how I felt about something because how you feel is a betrayal to what you're supposed to do, right? You feel like you want to party. You feel like you want to have sex. You feel like you don't want to go to church, you know, but you don't, that feeling shouldn't matter. You choose, you make choices and you do, you know, you, you detach from those feelings. So that's can be really. So it's like this marriage though of like, of, of, I mean, that's what you say when you went to Vegas, you're like, oh, there's drinking, there's this, there's that, like all of the bad things are potentially in Vegas, but that is like, just because all of these things you're, you're now able to do doesn't mean you should. And I I mean, thinking, I was, I was thinking of, are you watching Real Housewives in New York this season? Yes. Wait, do you, wait, that's what I was like. Are you like, do you, 
shy away from watching these shows? Like I would figure it would like give you like a pit in your stomach watching like yeah. Leah McSweeney's doing second season and she's converting to Judaism, but we haven't really gotten too much into that. Like, do you take notes when you watch these shows? No, I mean, I, I, I think um, I was a student of the show before I was on the show, before I won the sweepstakes. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but now it's, um, it's so much more real that it feels like I don't watch it all. I just barely like we wrapped season two a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I barely like mostly because I want to catch up with them as my friends, you know, because I have a, a dialogue with Leah and with people on Dallas. And I just don't want to be like an asshole that doesn't know what's going on in their life because you do kind of just assume that if people want to keep up with you, they have to kind of watch the show because yeah. so much of your life is playing out there and it's exhausting. So you don't really, you know, you just, you don't want to reference something and have people like, Oh, I don't watch, but I'm still here for you. You know, like, I know that like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I've been trying to catch up and um, when I watch now, you just, I just feel empathy. I just feel empathy and admiration. And, and I laugh more. I laugh more yeah. I'm like, you know, now you get that it wasn't the producers making that happen. You get that. It's just like, of course, when the cameras are on you, you can't button your jacket, you know, or you look like you've never toasted cheese before. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the second it happens, just like, Oh, I, I know where my yeah. spoons are, but the second the camera's on you, you can't find them. And you look like this fumbling woman that's pretending to have a kitchen. But yeah. so I see those moments and I laugh because I know they're organic and real. And I just feel admiration and empathy for all of these women because it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also it was, I think, a, a different level of hard for you and potentially Leah, because your shows premiered during a worldwide pandemic. You didn't, you weren't out on the streets. I mean, maybe you were, but I mean, if you were, you were masked potentially. And, and you know, you, you didn't get to it the same way that other housewives have in the past. So I can't imagine what it's like to have the only um, litmus of how it's going is through social media. Right. You know, and I have a very complicated relationship with social media because kind of my experience once I started the process of the show was really, really horribly negative. So I, um, I don't, you mean at the, the very beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like in the very beginning, you know, Salt Lake's small and we're insular and kind of like what you're saying about these close knit Mormon friends you had in Arizona and you see these people and they're so genuinely happy and service oriented and good natured and fun and loyal and, and, you know, have a sense of humor about themselves and everything in the world. But at the underneath that, there is just a pretty rigorous demand of who we are supposed to show up as every single day. And that it's gets hard to do. And I forgot where I was going with this, but <laughs> no, we're talking about oh, the beach. We're, so yeah, yeah, yeah. we're so insular. So our code of conduct is so like, it's not something that's probably accessible to the entire nation. So they see us and they're just like, these women are crazy. They're fighting about like flashing or they're fighting about yeah, good time girl. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 They're fighting about things that, um, but it's because we're such an insular close knit community that when the show, when we started filming the show, I mean, it was like we were famous before it had even aired in, in Salt Lake City. And they didn't, and were, I'm sure they were worried, like, what is revealed? What are they saying about this religion? What are they, you know, like, and 
yeah. that's got to be interesting. And I'm sure even your ex was potentially worried about that. So I can't even imagine having to deal with all of that before anything had actually made it to TV. And it, it was, it was really hard because I hadn't come out yet. Nobody knew how I felt really about Mormonism. I hadn't said anything, but just name rank serial number. You know, I'd shown up every Sunday active in the community. I thought you said it so beautifully though. I mean, I thought you, you really explained it so, so well, I thought, and even kind of that, that it is like, and even right now it is like you say that you think about this every day. This is so ingrained in you. It's part of your fabric. And, and I guess for, in a way for, for Whitney as well, uh, which I love, I mean, I hope your guys' friendship is very intact because I really love you guys together. Oh yeah. We're blood. Buzz and cousins. (laughs) How can you not adore and love Whitney? Like, you know. but there's another one. See, that's why I love, that's why I love audiences because she has like a little, like she has a meek voice, but by the end it was like booming, not, it was still meek, but it was kind of booming because she stood up for herself. She, I mean, she was horrible at the hip hop party. She did not explain that whole situation well to, to Lisa and Jess. <laughs> I mean, just hor- this off, like really got awful, but I loved, I loved that she was, she was wanting to do the right thing. And I loved that that in turn set Lisa off because Lisa, I mean, that's just, and I'm not trying to, but like just character archetypes. If you're looking at Lisa, I don't think she thought you guys would be fan favorites like you were. And by the time you got to reunion, I think that had all added up in her head where I thought she thought this was going to be smooth sailing. And especially I told you this before we started filming, was there any aspect? I know you guys, you actually are real friends with Jen, but Jen is so loud and so outspoken and such a, like a vibrant personality that I was like, it looked like all of these ladies thought she is the lead of the show and I need to make sure I'm okay with Jen Shaw. And that's why you saw, cause I was like, why is Lisa and Jen putting up with this? And why are you guys putting up with this? And she was always at the center. Is there any truth to that in your head? Um, well, when you're, what you're watching, yeah, of course there's truth to that, but it's not in the sense that it is so, um, such an obvious agenda. It's really, it's not because she's going to be the star. So I have to attach my wagon to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, she is a star when you're in the room with her, she is magnetic and charismatic and you want to, you want the Jen Shaw sunlight to shine on you. And you kind of, because of that, you know, the only person that I think did, is completely immune to that, but she's aware of it, but she's immune to it emotionally is Mary. You know, Mary could give a shit how charming she is. Wait, wait, yeah. wait does but you she, actually film with Mary this season or is she just with Charlinda in the closet? Well, of course, Mary's okay. at everything. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Okay. Mary's at everything and she's a hoot. Yeah, she's great. So she's immune to that. But I think, I think a lot of us just get drawn into that energy. So yeah. I think that plays out. Um, I don't, I think that the only thing that looked really calculated um, is kind of the timing of Lisa's friendship with Jen, which is what we addressed, you know, in the reunion. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's still kind of a running topic because that one, that would be where I would think kind of what you mentioned was playing out, you know, like yeah. she kind of had seen the shift and the airing and the star power and potential and was like, well, I'm not going to miss this boat because I'm a smart woman you know well, yours, and I yours was, yeah 
Yours was very genuine when you guys went to the uh, dirty bathtubs and uh, in when the, I in the like a child in the dirty. No, wait, but by the way, you were very honest. That was like to me. I was like, that is me to like because you were like, I'm just worried that you're going to leave me for these other friends. And she I was, was like, me. it was done. I was just giving her the opening to like fix it, but it didn't happen. So I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> but why take her to dirty bathtubs? It was just very dirty in the middle, and then she broke the the fourth wall thing and. Um, <laughs> No, but I thought you see that's but like honesty always is the best policy in these shows. I feel like you were just being honest. And I think you then have empathy from the audience. But you weren't like just you weren't like a, like because in Vegas, you stood up to jet like, I don't know, you had wait in Vegas. Did you have to pay for the clothes or was that really a gift? Because I thought that was like the weirdest gift ever to take yeah. you away from the <laughs> racing and then make you try on these outfits. And then it never was said, like, you had to pay for them, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Nothing was No, that's yet. not a gift yeah. then. That's not a birthday well, it gift. It was a private concierge shopping experience, you know? Okay. It's part of the show. It's, it's a chance to get us alone and doing something fun that we love and interactive. And, you know, I, yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> there's nothing gifted in life. Everything, now, there's no good deed. Now you have uh, three of my favorite, um, uh, I guess, side characters on the show, which are your daughters. And they actually are really, um, I mean, they are all really amazing and they all support you so well and they were so well-mannered and behaved, but are they upset they do not have a product out yet? Are they, they Fresh Wolf, we got the Brooks Marks tracksuit. Are they aiming for some kind of tracksuit skincare line? Listen, they would, they would love to have a tracksuit a skincare line. <laughs> they would love to have all of it, but they are just, you know, teenage girls and they have a mom that's totally self-absorbed and not helping them. Oh, that's so ridiculous. Ventures. Oh my God. Wait, did they, do they ever call it? Do they think you've gone to Hollywood? Are they always like, Oh, look at my Hollywood mom now. No, they kids keep you humble. Like they don't like I was, I'm trying to do this podcast. I'm like, I'm on an international podcast right now. I don't know if <laughs> it's that. And they're just like, are my graduation announcements done and what's for dinner? And like, <laughs> they keep you humble and they, they're the best kids in the world, but they, it hasn't changed their daily. You know what yeah. I mean? They're not, they don't, I but don't they, know. They, they were so, uh, they were just, you could sense how good of kids they were on camera. You know what I'm like? I've watched every housewife episode and the, Sometimes, you know, you've seen seasons of other housewives where they aren't that way, you know? So it's like so refreshing to be like, oh, these are like really good kids, you know? Or they're acting for the camera. No, they're they're wonderful kids. And it's been kind of like with adult hindsight and like a lot of therapy that I can see that a lot of their uh, kind of magnanimous qualities, things that make them maybe more emotionally intelligent than the average 13-year-old is because of the divorce and because of the the growth that they've seen me or the struggles they've seen me kind of go through and their, their desire to kind of uh, supplement and take care. They don't, I don't think they're entitled, which I love because that's kind of a trigger for me when like a kid's entitled, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I think that they are better, more compassionate, more empathetic humans because they've, they've just, you know, what they've been through. How long did you struggle with the decision of actually, once you got offered this show, of actually doing this show? Because you you have seen how this show works usually. You have seen the progression of these characters. I, I mean, I'm sure it was very exciting, but I know you probably, did you wrestle with the decision at all? I mean, no. Not sure. God <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just like, where do I sign? You like, what? what do you and mean? Then, and then halfway through, you're like, what did I do? Oh my God, no. No, no that's, that's being glib. The truth is I never believed it was real. So there was never this, there's never me sitting down with the option. I just thought, okay, listen, they're stringing you along because you know a lot of people in the community and you're, and you're reveal. you know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. re- and this is up to the point of doing like the sizzle reel and stuff. So I never believed it was real. And then even then when we filmed, I thought this is so fun. This is so great. And I totally get that it's probably me just like getting all these people together and then just like letting them go off into the sunset. I never believed that I would be a part of it. I never believed that I would be, you know, cast. And so, and even when it was cast, I thought, okay, well, maybe it's going to be one of those, you know, my so-called life, one season wonders. Yeah, I mean, but like, so. I would, that would be a gift, but you know what I'm saying? One of those things that just like, you Google yeah. it, you can't find it ever again, and it happened, and it's, it just goes away. So I don't know even now if I've let it sink in the reality of it. So, but the opportunity I never flinched at because it just seemed like somebody said, "Here's a winning lottery ticket. Do you want to scratch it?" Yeah, goddamn, yeah. <laughs> like all you do, uh, is scratch it, you know. So um, I just never. I'm still feel grateful and I feel um, surreal. It still feels yeah. surreal. I have to imagine that reunion when you were actually sitting there in New York next to Andy, that had to have been just a wild experience because you, you, you did the show, you had COVID and then all of a sudden, I mean, because we've all seen reunions and now you're on the other side of that. Was that your experience? Like of just like, holy shit, you know? It was exactly like I watched the reunion once. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> I oh man! Once just and it played out like it happened. You know, yeah, that I third episode have gotten such a good edit. We have all gotten the best possible edit for who we are and what we put out there. That is the truth, and I would, I would defend that to every single one of my cast members. If they were sitting, if we were sitting crisscross applesauce in a circle, I would defend it to the death. And I could argue it with each of them. If they said, no, that's not fair. You didn't see me, you know, donating bread to the homeless. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? That's why we didn't see it. Like you see what people are in the, in the, in between. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the camera had by some weird alchemy actually picks up on who people are. And like, you can like, you know, Jack's always complains about a bad edit, but at the end of the day, you, it still has this kernel of truth because cameras don't lie usually, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, as a fan though, did you crack up when Lisa said bad weather? Because we were like, oh, that's pretty, like, that's iconic. I mean, that's like now, I mean, that, what a I gift. Was, I was like, what a gift. Like, that like weird Kermit the Frog, like, <laughs> it was such a gift. I mean, I was like, where did this come from? And then I was like, wow, you just got a catchphrase now, you know? I will, I mean, everyone, calls me a doormat and a kiss ass. And I'm like, how can I not kiss the asses of these women? They are the gift that keeps on giving. Like to call me and Whitney bad weather. And like, we are riding that bad weather tornado. Like it's our bitch. Like we just go <laughs> and we are riding it. Like oh. we love being bad weather. And I, I mean, everything that people thought was funny or meme worthy of me is from Lisa. It's not me. Yeah. It's Lisa. Well, yeah. I mean, that was like the huge, and by the way, you could tell like that, that third episode, especially when you guys really, you know, it was just kind of on fire. Both of you guys, um, your journey I, on the I first was a different person during that reunion, because I, I wanted, I thought, I didn't understand 
<laughs> what just, didn't you, what didn't you understand? Like, you mean the relationship I that how, um, I think I was pretty naive and I thought like, if I come in strong and speak strong and a mean and yeah. play, play on, get on this game board, yeah. that I went on this game board and we can, we can start fresh and we can just be friends or we can at least respect. Cause I don't even feel respected, you know, or seen at all. Yeah. Totally invisible. And we didn't film at all together. And that was she did not want to film with me season one. I was not invited to anything. Yeah. I mean, in fact, she did that women in business lunch. And by the way, you are a woman in business. And I was like, this is exactly what this luncheon is supposed to celebrate. And I think the audience was a little confused. And I think at I that point, confused because I, I'm on the show because of her. And now I'm like, not, you know, and well, yeah, she said she cast the just- show. She didn't act like she knew you even from college. And that was the so it was interesting, and I love love that you said that that you were aware that you came in with that kind of energy because it was this kind of person using their voice, but you know you're a really nice person underneath it. So it's it was like on top nice of it. Person. I'm not a nice person, but I do genuinely want everyone to like. I want to like everyone and get along, especially these women more than anyone else in the universe. I want to like understand them, but I didn't understand that like. I'm not even allowed on Lisa's game board. So why did I even, why did I even ask, why did I think I could get on there and like spin and like play, you know, like I'm not not on that game board. So I just, I had to just realize that and just, you know, I looked like an asshole and I felt like one because I wasn't, I thought I could fight fire with fire. And I, yeah, but it's like, well, and sometimes like you're, you're like, uh, potentially like an amateur fire fighter, <laughs> you know, like you're like, ah, oh, I'm just going to spray it everywhere. Yeah. No, but I mean, that was like one of the I things. I can be as angry as I can be because I feel those feelings. I just rarely speak about it, you know? Well, that's what I talk about on a podcast all the time is that feeling of like, you know, like the people that are too cool for school. I really dislike that because I tried to be that, like, I wanted to be that. I wanted to be accepted by all of the cool, like even in podcasting, you're like, I hope the, which is so funny to even say cool podcasters, which is like, there's no cool podcaster, but like the fact that I wanted that so badly. And then you're like, wait, if I can just, if I can just be me, there's like, eventually people will catch up to that. And then the people that those are your people, you know? And I think it's like wanting to be liked by everybody or, or liking everybody until they, I don't know. But I really understood that. Um, do we, and I really, and I don't want to say like, I like Lisa and her family. I really loved her kids. I, all of that stuff, but I hope, I hope in the second season we get to see more interaction and also Meredith, um, uh, a beautiful woman, but like at a certain point, uh, disengaging is not going to like, we got to engage here. Like, I mean, at a certain point where you're like, you better engage this season. Like we can do that three more times. You're going to see me. I take cues from all of my housewife friends and I just I try to I try to be a Lisa I try to be a Meredith I try to be a Jen I try to be all of wait how do you be a how do you be a Mary how are you a Mary um Mary (laughs) you know I don't have the skill set to be a Mary if I if I had to be a Mary you would have to strip yourself of all inhibition all context and go absolutely empathically into the emotion of the moment and just look for that person's vital organ and get them. <laughs> I love, I, you guys did a really cool thing on the reunion, on the second part of the reunion, you guys went really into Mary's life, which they usually don't do on a reunion where we got more out of the Mary section than we did in the entire season. And you kind of heard, you fleshed out Mary's story more. And I really thought that was one of the smartest moves that Real Housewives of Salt Lake did. That and also I just got to credit whoever does the music for you guys, the ah, 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 
like the 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 choir and stuff like that. It was like wow. The, the, to be a part of this type of level of production with this level of women and the, who they are and the complexities that they are and their, um, I mean, I feel like a wet washcloth and I thought I was this loud, brash, opinionated go-getter. And I see, I, I think you would, I, 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 like, damn, I told people, <laughs> see, I thought my, my fear was that we were gassing you up so hard that by the second season, you might have the most inflated ego ever because I mean, I was like, I was like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like I, other people were like, well, but also Leah, that was happening to a, a little bit as well. And Tiffany Moon to a degree as well, that sometimes you're like the Bravo fandom goes so hard that I'm like, well, what does that do to a person's psyche where all of a sudden they are potentially insecure about things and now they're told they're the greatest thing ever. What does that do to somebody before they cameras roll again? If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to 80 less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash 
so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Okay, guys, here are all those commercials, and I'm running a fever, so this might be actually pretty funny to listen to in a couple of different ways. But our first sponsor, and this is a new sponsor, uh, I'd like to welcome Raycon to the So Bad It's Good family. Um, This is actually cool. So Raycon are like earbuds you can listen to music to, and they sent me a pair, and they're effing awesome. Like Like I was using them in Nashville to drown out the sounds of the people at the Kid Rock Bar. And you guys know I love music so, so, so much. So I was like, yeah, I do want to give these a try. And I did. And they're great. Like, I actually, they're great. And they're cheaper than AirPods. And I think that's awesome. So no matter how you're feeling about getting back out there, like I did with Nashville, and that is not, was not a good thing, there's no denying it's an adjustment, folks. It is a big adjustment. You're going to hurt. It's going to hurt. When the world gets too loud, something I love to do is create my own soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. You know, sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm with some guided meditation. You guys know, I like to get sad. I like to get mopey. Uh, I saw Phoebe Bridgers this weekend, but I also have like a pump up playlist too. And it has like (laughs) Wham with George Michael, but Daft Punk too. It's like cool. Um, So I've listened to so far, I've listened to my pump up playlist. I've listened to an audio book. I've also listened to a meditation track on the airplane, and I have just used these this past couple of days. Uh, They come with a bunch of gel tips for your comfort, and unlike some other brands, they don't stick out of your ears. And I'm banking on this is why that I've looked so stupid to this point, because I was using AirPods. I have noticed a lot of looks from ladies now. I think it's really made me at least 10% more attractive. So Raycons, you have a 32-hour battery life, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. And like I said, they start at half the price of other premium audio brown audio brands, but they do sound just as good. And I do actually take this stuff seriously. Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. Uh, give them a try. You will see what I mean. I love when companies do the 45-day um, or any kind of guarantee because it actually means they believe in their product because usually people want to be dicks and be like, I'm not happy with this, but I think you'll be happy with it. So create your own sound- soundtrack with Raycon right now. So bad it's good. Listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash so bad. So that's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash so bad to save 15% on Raycon's. 
buyraycon.com slash so bad. This should be slash so good because it is. It's good. Um, and OK, so that's one sponsor. Welcome, Raycon. Uh, this is actually. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This next one is really flipping exciting for many reasons. It's Simply Safe. Now, I got like a 50 pound box from Simply Safe and I didn't know it was coming. And I opened it up and it was all these gadgets and like alarms and like video cameras and like touch keypads and key fobs. And I swear to God, I've never been happier in my life. And I was like, beep, boop, 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 boop. I was like, I felt so technologically advanced. So there is big news from my favorite home security company. Uh, this is now my only security company. Uh, Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. So that's right. Simply Safe, the system that U.S. News and World Report names best home security system of 2021, just got even better. So this brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and need to help you keep you and your family safe. It has an ultra wide 140 degree field of view so you can keep watch over your entire yard. It also has 1080p HD resolution with an eight time zoom. Like my God, I might be shooting a movie with this thing. So that means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. And I hate to say this, but like I live off of Melrose now and it's gotten really scary in the last year and a half and we just had um somebody break in to our neighbor's uh second floor uh unit in the backyard and so i said i was going to put this up for her and then my roommate can actually look at it too because he loves to creep on people i i'm also going to put they gave me enough where i can put one in my room because i think like i'm going to catch my roommate going through my stuff like i know he does like, I'm not joking. Josh, if you're listening, I know you go through my stuff. So it has a built-in spotlight with color night vision, so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. It's super simple to set up and usually just takes minutes. Um, I'm going to set mine up tomorrow if I feel better and give you guys the low. What if I did it in like night vision and I come off looking like Bigfoot? It has an easy-to-remove rechargeable battery so it doesn't need an outlet and can go anywhere on your property. This camera has it all, and it integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together, it means every door, window, and room are protected, and now your property will be too. Now, to learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com. That's S I M P L I S A F E.com slash so bad. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating the new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month off monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. So, again, that is simplysafe.com slash so bad. And remember, you do not have to uh, sign up for the interactive monitoring, but it is there if you uh, don't want to do it yourself. But I think maybe even part of the fun of these things is that you actually get to monitor yourself and it alerts you when there's some kind of weird movement. I 
was so excited to get this because it is something that I have been uh, wanting for a long time, especially after this last year and a half. It is just, uh, it's gotten a lot scarier out there. Uh, no joke. There's no joke to be made. So I'm very happy about this sponsor. And last, but certainly not least, you guys, am I doing okay? I feel I'm sweating so hard right now, but I think I'm doing okay. Um, okay, I think I'm doing okay. So the third and last, but sexiest is Dame. So as we talked about on the show many times, we should seek out what's right for us and not compromise on what's most important. So our relationships should add value to our lives, especially in the bedroom. So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Dame Products is a woman-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Can I, can we get a different word than vulva? I mean, no offense to vulvas, but, um, Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. They're closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. So their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love. Earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. I swear to God, I'm not joking, I think Kourtney Kardashian uses this. Like, no shit. Like her and Travis. Um... Whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost where it matters or on a journey of self-exploration, and by the way, neither of those you should be ashamed about, um, we're sure they will earn a spot on your nightstand. Um, they want me to recommend this product, the Eva. It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. It's flexible wings tuck under your labia for a snug fit. I have personally not used this, folks, but I've read the reviews and it's all been positive. And I just don't feel comfortable. Um, uh, I don't need to get into this, but you know, like I just feel weird of like, can I test? Can I test a product out on? You know, like it's just weird. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within sixty days, so your satisfaction literally guaranteed. So go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for fifteen percent off site wide. Again, go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for fifteen percent off site wide. Oh my God, folks! I am done. My I am sweating so bad and my throat hurts so bad. So here is the rest of Sophie. We got about twenty-five more minutes, and you guys are out of here. I love you. Thank you so much for the support, and I will talk to you very soon. Well, I can tell you, like, and I said this at the reunion that it, that the experience of being on this show has been transformative. And I can say that, which is, you know, that seems kind of lofty, you know, <laughs> like, you know <laughs> and it's, but to be very clear, like I, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty dead inside. Like my tagline that they didn't accept was I'm, I may be the, I'm, I may be dead inside, but I'm still the life of the party. <laughs> and, Wait, did you think that was in the running for the something they would actually take? I'm dead that, inside. I thought like this, and this is what this is what's happening here. So everything to me is a gift and kind of a an, an unexpected blessing. I yeah, that term. But you're also I'm also at the point in my life where I'm I'm coming out of an identity that defined every single choice I've ever made, and so. I feel like it was transformative because I lost my religion, but I found faith in humanity because yeah. I, the, this journey of me going from when they first announced the show and there were rumors that I was involved, everyone was like, well, hell no, she's not involved. And then it became clear. Then they announced that I was involved and the campaign kind of before even they announced it, the campaign locally on social media against me and Whitney was really horrible. And I'm saying horrible in the context of like, 
you know, world tragedies. It wasn't, it wasn't a horrible yeah, yeah, yeah. of anything major, but it was horrible for me. Personal because, tragedies are just, yeah. A, yeah. You know, in the small community, I have these young kids. I've decided to do this show. I don't know how popular it's going to be. And all of a sudden, the only thing I'm getting from it is just absolutely slandered on social media. And they're, you know, they didn't, they wouldn't even use our pictures. They would use, because I didn't have a big social media following. I was private, you know, I was just a yeah. mom. And they would use the, they would use the ass from uh, Shrek for Whitney and they'd use Shrek for me. And those are the only pictures they would show. They would, uh, people, insiders were like leaking where we were filming. They would make fun of every outfit we wore. They would make fun of me. I was clearly the underdog. No one knew why I was there. They just trolled me so, so badly that they had two of the sites shut down for bullying. Oh my God. Oh and, I, and I was, I never complained. I was never a part of it. I just went private and I didn't go on Instagram ever, which was hard for me because social media was such a community and that's how I built my business, but I had to shut it down. I just had to not go on because it was like everything, all of your worst fears growing up of what people are judging you for came true in an instant. And there was nothing <sighs> to counteract it. There was nothing. There was no one hearing me speak, knowing anything about my life. They were judging me from a, a curated social media standpoint, which I had not done well. And they were putting me up against women like Lisa, yeah. Meredith, Jen, you know, and I'm coming in like, you know, with my dress barn outfit <laughs> and my shoes that I love, but they fit, you know what I mean? And it was, it just felt like confirmation that what you had always doubted, but your parents said, no, people like you for you. And people like you because you're smart and people like you because you're funny. That, that was all proven to be false. As you kind of know, you know, you're like, no, actually mom and dad, yeah. this is what matters. <laughs> so, but nobody and tells you about that when you get to the age where you realize your parents are just liars, just huge liars. liars. Yeah. Yeah. Just liars. And so it kind of, all of those deep rooted, like things that you've worked through your whole life to get over became manifest because truly, if you look at a lot of social media, that's what it's based on, right? Like just the big brass rings. And then the show aired and all of a sudden things that I didn't even know I was doing, like when I didn't even know the camera was recording me, like flapper with cankles or- I mean, that was a great line, but that was a beautiful, that was a funny ass line. That's like- boy, boy. cameras on me. I didn't know, I had no idea, you know? But if you can, but that's who you are. And that's what's so amazing is you're that funny without like, so- um, uh, speaking of your business, oh, beauty lab at the end of the first season, you have the kind of op opening or, you know, um, but then we hit a pandemic, which is like what I understood about the pandemic is that we weren't going to beauty labs. Exactly. Uh, I mean, so we shut down, we shut our doors immediately about a week after filming the finale and our yeah. opening. So we had this beautiful space. Meredith wore the first mask of any pandemic. She had the first face clairvoyant. mask. Totally clairvoyant. And so the season finale of of season one of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was held up beauty lab and that was our grand opening. And that was um, a week before the pandemic hit and the lockdown started. So we immediately shut our doors and we were closed until May. And then we opened up in May and um, we've been doubling our business since May. A lot of that was people were like, I don't wanna risk not getting my services, but a lot of it has been the show yeah. and just, the new space allows us to have bigger growth. And so we're seeing that and it's been amazing. And, you know. Totally Are people coming in to see you now? That's a, uh, I have a Patreon and I have people were quite you know, like, are like, are people coming in just to say, is Heather here? You know? Yeah. And it's like, 
women that totally relate, like you're saying, like women that get, they're just like, I feel you, like a lot of marginalized Mormons, a lot of gay Mormons. Um, part of like the process of leaving the church is a lot like coming out because you're basically saying the identity that I want to, who I was born to be is incongruent with the faith I'm supposed to live and the the beliefs of my family and my community. And so it's hard. You yeah, know, because you, you can to- still, I mean, and we're, we're entering pride month right now, which I was like, yeah. I just, I find that such a weird fallacy for God to be all loving and all opening with arms. But then if you're gay, that's not, you know, like that's just so, it's like, Gay people love God just as much as straight people love God. You know, it's like God such a bizarre. Gay exactly. More than, more than these straight people have. I think I think God loves gay people more. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Well, I do. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have 15 more minutes or do you gotta go? No, I'm time. I'm great. Okay, I'm great. okay, cool. cool. I like, wait, I feel like we barely got started. How long we just talking? barely got started. I just want I don't want to be rude. I could talk to you for hours and hours, but um okay. are well, we I feel like we've gone on and on. Okay, perfect. I know this is my favorite thing ever. So thank you. But um, I got to ask something that is potentially upsetting to me personally. Okay. Are we seeing you dating this season? Not at all. What? <laughs> Yay! And by the way, if that Alex from Below Deck wants to step up, he's got a thing coming. Was this uh, Listen, Below Deck? I am Deck's so guy? into Alex from Below Deck. I can't even, I mean, aren't you okay. into Alex from Below Deck? No, I mean, I'm not, not. I'm not into Alex. No, he's going to, he's going to hurt your feet. No, he's going to hurt you, Heather. Um, I just want uh, him to be my, like my uh, wingman. We were talking about like, meeting in Cleveland and going to an Indians game or something fun, like something random, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think season two is really, Jen is still the star of the show. You asked me in the beginning of this interview, like, how could she not be? recognize your star <laughs> potential. Yeah. And it doesn't fade. So season- yeah, but, but Heather, it doesn't, I mean, there's a whole nother thing now propelling that star power. I mean, like that, that to me is a whole nother ball of wax that I, I mean, in fact, like, I just wonder sometimes if you guys, and I don't think you can answer this, like, are you guys shocked she still kept filming? That That's the only thing that like, I mean, it just, it really hit all the Bravo fandom so hard that I was even like, are you, cause because all of that leaked stuff had come out already that had nothing to do with any government things. So I was like, I thought that was going to be her season two story of like, who was leaking all of this crap of her yelling at people. And that's what I thought was going to be. So when this happened, it was just kind of blew all of us away, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I know you can't talk about that. So more about the, uh, the first way. What I would any- like to say though, honestly, in response to that is you asked if I was shocked that she kept filming. I was grateful. She kept filming. I felt, I feel like a lot of what Jen does, um, entertains us all season yeah. one. Speaking season, season one, I would never one, yeah, yes. think her personal life would be fodder for entertainment. Be, I want to be very clear about that for season two. But like, I think about the Kardashians and I know this is probably going to get me crucified, but I'm going to be honest with you, Ryan. If you look at the Kardashians and I, and people love to just throw shade and be horrible. But like when my, when I talk to anyone that cares to listen, if you look at the things that they have publicly processed I mean, a transgender, a cross-dressing, then a transgender dad who undergoes gender reassignment and they celebrate. They're like, we're at my dad's birthday and it's Caitlyn Jenner's beautiful yeah. birthday with her beautiful part. You know what I mean? And it's- Well, you, I, I, I recap I recap every episode of the Kardashians on Fridays. And that's what I always say. I say, love them or hate them. That family has gone through divorce, 
transitions, uh, but, but also going from going from a family that, I mean, they were, they were well off, but nowhere like to, to billionaires, you know, like you watch, you talk about aspirational, but then at the same time, we're watching it where it's not all that you see how much pain they go through that almost causes this. I mean, and also it seems like every, the biggest problem the Kardashians have are men. Like men is, you could really transfer it down to men being every one of their issues because by themselves, they've managed because to- not just the micro, macrocosm of the world. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they, their biggest, like the biggest detriment to the Kardashians are men. But other than that, like Kris Jenner will never know how good of a businesswoman she is because she portrays herself a certain way on TV. And that person is not the person who's made all this happen. Like she has got to be, I would love to see her in real action. Um, but speaking of Kardashians, you know, you, you seem like all of us where you watched all of these shows, not just Bravo. I mean, did you, were you, do you watch the Kardashians? Do you, what do you watch? Uh, I mean, well, I'm a, I'm a, listen, I'm a reality junkie. I, I watched mostly New York, but all the housewives. I started with OC, of course. Um, I've watched Kardashians, but not to the point where I would, um, you know, not like I could dissect it, uh, Housewives of New York. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I but I of course love, we have a, a oil painting mural of Kylie Jenner in our beauty lab. Like she is our muse because she took thin lips at 16 and filled them and created a billion dollar empire based on something that like held her back. And if anyone wants to say, you should be above your thin lips. I would say Kylie Jenner. <laughs> well, okay. Wait, speaking of Kylie, you have one of the greatest honors that I, I, cause this person, like, I feel like, oh my God, this makes like Rihanna follows you. Rihanna, man. I know. Like she Rihanna, like too. what's that? She follows Whitney too. Whitney's just like cool. See, that's it. what I'm like, but see, Rihanna gets it. Like Rihanna, the people that Rihanna follow, you got to pay attention to because she gets it. Like, has she ever DM'd yet? Or have you ever go, what's up, Rihanna? Like, have you ever DM'd her? Listen, Rihanna is cool as shit, obviously. I don't need to tell you that. No, no, no. Yeah. Rihanna sent me a message that is like, I, I would, if I, I have a Stevie Nicks playlist that her security guard gave me from a, pop-up concert she did okay i was like i was like you're talking to her security <laughs> now what i'm saying is i have that framed and on display and when rihanna dm'd me i was like this is gonna i'm gonna make this like a poster in my office but it's so sacred to me the it's like, like the woman the prophetess the woman it's sacred scripture but it's like you look at rihanna and she and who she isn't so you know authentically herself and this empire she's created and the things she's gone through. I, yeah, it's like, it, it's unbelievable to me that I could connect with her and other women I admire. Like, I just want to say like the women that have DM'd me, I admire them so much. The fact that they would even like hit the message button and be like, love you. It, it changes, it changes what we're talking about. Like when all of your deepest fears of like what the world values is real once the show aired and it wasn't just based on like an Instagram image. It was like based on the footage and the content and the stuff that they saw every week, then to go from being absolutely like hated and, you know, mocked and just being embarrassed every time you showed up to film because people that energy radiated onto me and wit and like, nobody really wanted to interact with us in scenes. They didn't want to like sit next to us at the dinner. They didn't want to have anyone know that they were there, our friends, because the stink was on us and it was perpetuated by 
some of our castmates. But so it shows it you there's strength cool. in that. That's what I thought was so cool about the season, what that there is strength in underdogs. There is strength in that. And and I, I feel it's funny uh, with Housewives now, we look at it as almost like a survivor, you know, like where, you know, what tactic are you going to use here? And, and you know, we're like, okay, who who's going to come onto the show and who do we need to take off the show? And half the time the fans mm-hmm. aren't even really, like Bravo's not like going, like, what does Ryan think? We need, you know, like Bravo's <laughs> going to do what Bravo's going to do. But it is funny, we... We now ha- like we now hash out these scenes so intensely that I I think even the producers might be like why are they going this deep with everything because you see online how deep we go with like fan theories and stuff like that like it's got to be shocking when sometimes the truth isn't even as exciting as the things we're coming up with no, yeah I mean it's just like it's it's just a fascinating to have people. I feel like the Bravo fans are like my fans. Like they're my people. Like they're the ones that are home like me watching 600 pound life and hoarders and intervention. Those are my shows. Oh, do you watch 90 day fiance? Do you watch 90 day? Of course. I have a, I have a 90 day fiance mug. Hold. <laughs> of course, you know exactly whose it is. Oh, <laughs> oh Larissa. Who is the best? Queen will die. <laughs> yeah, you're Colty, man. Uh, Colty. Yeah, like the most expensive prostitutes, my darling. <laughs> no, I Colty. I Did love you see Colty's married. Did you see Colty's married again? No, I've got to Col- watch. I love Colty Col- got married I again. Colt had a whole glow up too, which I loved. I love well, Colt's glow up. Okay. Oh, this is actually a Patreon listener said, if they were to go to your beauty lab as a beginner, what would you recommend for a beginner uh, that somebody that just walks in off the street? This is a, a girl, a lady from my Patreon asked this. Okay. Well, someone that walks in off the street, I'd be like, <laughs> hi, let's get you a t-shirt and a bottled water. Like yeah. what? I mean, if you come to beauty lab, it's, we would say, what is it that's keeping you, that's holding you back? Like, what is it when you wake up, you're just like, God damn, I cannot even look in the mirror until I put on lip gloss and put spoons on my eyes or whatever it is that's keeping you. Like every, every woman knows, like, they'll be like, it's, a, it's the bags under my eyes or it's this age spot on my cheek or it's that my lips are small. You know, it's just some stupid little thing that no one else notices or cares about, but it's integral to your identity. And we'd be like, Let's fix it. Not fix it. Let's address it. How did you get into like the beauty lab business to begin with? Like, how did that even start to become something? I know it's you and your partner. Uh, I'm forgetting her well, name. Dre. Dre. I've been, Dre's my partner, but I've been, a, I've been, um, I think it's, I think entrepreneurs are born. I think it's in you just to be like entrepreneurial and just kind of be, I'm fascinated and passionate about business. I always have been as a young kid. I, you know, worked at 15, leveraged my yogurt job for a better yogurt yogurt job, entered speech contests, like always just, you know, hustling side gigs, worked for my dad, had side gigs for my dad, you know, like we whitewater rafted, like rinse out his book. You know what I mean? Just ways to like side gig economy. I was always into it. And at in college I had a business and I was passionate about earrings and having that business but um basically I was a photographer a stay-at-home mom that wanted to that kind of started a photography business fashion photography and then I started a social media business and I had a friend that approached me and said do you want to do social media in exchange for free Botox and I said sure why not you know like stretch my budget and do trade so I was doing trade for Instagram posts and photography I would get influencers that I was friends with take their pictures have them come to the 
a plastic surgeon's office and I'd get free services. And he got an offer for a different job. Like um, his business was failing. It was not doing well at all. And I saw so many problems with it. And then he offered it to me and I had a divorce settlement. And so I bought him out and just said, let's go for it. Let's see what I can like make it better. It was such a horrible business. The business model, the whole medical industry, the whole cosmetic injection industry. It was like walking into like a scrape off home. And being yeah. an architect in church, I'd be like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, let me clear this out and build something. And so we just started a purely cosmetic injectable business kind of for our demographic, young millennials that just wanted lips, cheeks, Botox, and yeah. out the door. Is it, is it great? I mean, did it feel like a perfect fit though? No, I hate the industry. I don't even wash my own face. <laughs> but like... I also love, I also, you know, I'm in it now. And it was, and it was, it was just an opportunity that crossed my path and I was dead inside. So I said, well, why not? What, what do I have to lose besides money? You know? And so I did it and, and we turned it around. And within two years, we were one of the biggest med spas in the city. And we're in a sat- we have, there are more med spas in Salt Lake city per capita than Beverly Hills. We are so saturated. We are a saturated plastic surgery med spa capital of the world. We're like top 10 always. Okay. Wow. I know that's, that's actually, well, somebody, and somebody pointed this out on the Patreon. They said, and I don't know if this is true that you guys give free laser treatments for scars to women of abuse. Is that, is that true? Yes. Well, we have a foundation called don't leave, which is, it's a, it's a foundation to promote mental health awareness, but specifically we offer free laser treatment for scar removal for self-harm or uh, track marks from drug addiction. So oh, if awesome. you have a lot of self, a lot of women self-harm on their arms, their upper arms or their legs. And it's not a problem until summer comes around and then they don't want these triggers or these scars to be revealed. And so we offer in, you know, free laser treatments to treat scars of self-harm and or drug abuse. And that's really Uh, like what we're passionate about. I would say 30 to 40% of our business every day is for the foundation and charitable. Holy wow. That's huge. I mean, that's so, um, Uh, it's this huge. is a- terrifying. It's terrifying that that many people have self-harm scars and track marks. That's that should be reflective of our society that people are in pain and we need to address it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I mean, it is. It's like everybody has this huge thing that they go through that usually is kept in the secret. So it's like amazing that this kind of stuff encourages people to, you know, I don't know it's amazing. Um, this is also about, uh, Somebody asked, um, all the positive feedback that you got this season that you received from all of the fans, does it make, um, did it make you rethink? So throughout the season, you had spoken about your regrets of, uh, your, your marriage ending, but having all of this positive feedback and, and even seeing that single rider image, which is crap. I mean, it's just such a great image. Uh, did it make you rethink of like, no, I'm pretty good. Like, I mean, this is actually, I'm, I'm kind of might be like, it might be exciting to not be in a marriage right now. Is that any part of your thought process? Of course, of course, of course. And what all the positive feedback I got, it really supplemented kind of the losses I was feeling in terms of my family and my community and my religion. And I am, so that's why it was transformative because I felt so much love and appreciation for the things that were effortless for me, for just who I was, not for that people weren't DMing me like, you're so hot, you know, where are your shoes from? Like they were DMing me like, you made me laugh. I understand. I felt that pain. No one's ever articulated that for me. I felt a community of 
same spirits, you know, and I felt like I trauma bonded with a lot of women and a lot of gay Mormons and a lot of ex Mormons and a lot of Catholic women, you know, that were never married because they were waiting for the right guy, you know, or never, yeah. you know, just all these, all these sacrifices we make in terms of as women and, and men too. It's just, I felt like the positive feedback helped me let go of a lot of the things that I thought were only people only cared about. Like people yeah. only care about your looks and how large you live and how extra you are. Cause that's what yeah. it felt like for a long time. And then the Bravo fan and Bravo universe kind of came in and said, no girl, we like when they, you think the mic's not on, you know yeah. what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. No, that's, I mean, like, that, when you ask somebody to save your hamburger, you know, that type of stuff made season two for me a lot more freeing because I just showed up as me. I didn't show up as like, I've got to be a housewife because the Bravo fans need a housewife, like find me some designer gear. You know, I just showed up as me and because I realized that that's, what worked and what kind of hit. So it was a gift. It was like this, you know, total gift. And I, was there another part of that question? <laughs> no, it was just saying that like, I mean, it, there is this aspect of it potentially of like, you know, like that, that moment when you realize, I, I remember there was one moment after my marriage that like, it was, so, oh. it's, but it, it keeps coming back and forth where I was like, well, this, this might, this might be okay. Like this, 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 maybe this is going to be okay. Like, and I mean, it still goes back and forth with me, but there is something for me where I was like, okay, wait a sec, my world, I'm, I'm still here, you know? Yeah. No, I would have to say that with all the wonderful good things and the daily happiness and joy, like there is just a deep sadness in me that will probably never go away. Yeah. That you said something so earlier. I'm not raising my children and my grandchildren with, you know, yeah, you, uh, you said something that not raising my children with the father, with the father, you know, but I think we saw like a love though, between your family, even in, I mean, that's TV and stuff, but like even, uh, Billy or I'm not sure his last name or, you know, like it, it seemed like, it seemed like that family unit was potentially still strong, you know, and you saw how well raised your daughters were. And so I almost thought like you are in, in a sense, teaching them to be better people like and stronger people in and and that's of course my my bravo sunday morning monday morning quarterback but no you said no, something earlier daily, yeah daily of course i'm happy to not stay married to billy that's his it's billy gay you know i'm i know that it's universally happier and easier and better but i can't i still have not like you know because the story's unfinished you know and I also yeah. don't want to want to be 80 and have to have like seven families blended, you know, for the marriage of our granddaughter. Does that make sense? Like I it just totally does specific view of the family I wanted for my kids, you know, and I have to, I'm still working on redefining that. And I'm obviously still totally messed up. <laughs> but at least you're honest about it. You had said something earlier that resonated so hard with me was that you said, uh, you know, you picture your life going a certain way. And then once it doesn't, you're like, well, all bets are off. I didn't even, you know, in terms of going to a Bravo show, it wasn't like, I was like, like, so like people are like, isn't it weird you do a podcast now? Like you were, you know, I'm like, yeah, at this point it's all weird. Like I don't even, at this point you couldn't have told me, but like now I feel like I'm just living on bonus time, you know, where it's like, I didn't think my life, what I thought was going to go this way. And now it's totally off track, but it's, 
it's okay. It's like a, it's weird and cool in certain ways. And I get to talk to people like you, but it's not what I thought was happening and what I thought. And uh, that's the thing that sometimes will like haunt me at night is that you have that image of like standing up in front of your friends or God or anything. And you're like, well, how does anybody ever trust me ever again? Because I said, this was going to, I said, this was going to happen and I commit, you know, and then it didn't like that, that stuff will just sometimes just haunt you. I don't, it, like wake up in the middle of the night, haunt you, you know, um, yeah. this super funny. You guys. Protect, like, future generations. You know, how do we tell them like, guess what? Like, it's mostly for us, like people like you and me, it's, it's unmet expectations. It's not that our lives right now suck, you know, no. people like you're Ryan Bailey, man. You have like, I heart media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan, pull this quote, put, put this quote on your vision board, Ryan, put this quote on your, um, I'm going to frame this like you did with the Rihanna thing. Um, yeah. uh, there is something funny that, uh, I think was one of the, it's tragic because in its specificity, but it was really weirdly funny because I don't think anybody's ever brought up the movie Scary Movie 3 in the way you brought it up. <laughs> Literally, I was like, did she say Scary Movie 3? Like, he, you guys walked out of Scary Movie 3? And then it was like, does that mean you guys saw the first two? There were so many questions. Man, that movie... You just thought it was an easy way to spend some time as you know newlyweds on an island. And I was trying to be the cool girl that does whatever the guy wants to do. I didn't want to go to a movie. I was in... I thought, well, I thought you were the one that wanted to go to Scary Movie 3 and then he was like upset that it was like dirty. No, I'm in Hawaii. I want to, and I'm, I'm a virgin. I want to have sex and walk on the beach and eat filet mignon. That's all I want to do on my honeymoon is just do it over yeah. and over and over. <laughs> and so I'm just like, you want to go to a movie? Like you, you, you want like a three hour break from me? Okay. I'll and, scary, you know, and, and like, scary movie three of all movies. It wasn't like Titanic or something, you know? No, it was, yeah, it was just like, I was just trying to be the cool girl. And then we had to walk out, which is both humiliating and devastating when you're three days into a marriage. I and think they were. This is going to tire a glory hole back in the hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that uh, they were probably used to walkouts with scary movie three. I have a feeling that they were used to uh, not people staying. I've, I've never watched it since that day. Um, <laughs> well, I don't, that's, I've, yeah, no, I, that's a good, that's a good call. Um, uh, okay. Uh, Andy meeting Andy, was that, that, that amazing experience? Cause you see how much you love. Even, yeah. He's a ridiculously handsome and charming and. And was it fun to see how he operates? Because I think sometimes, and what I loved about your reunion was he was like, I think he was on point because he genuinely loves you guys because you're new, you guys brought it and you could see the glee in his eyes. Like, I think sometimes he was just like, wow. And I love that when Andy gets excited, you know, did you, but you see that too, right? Well, you, want, you want Andy, you want to make Andy laugh. You know, yes. you want Andy to smile. You got, and a three, you got a three part reunion. They didn't like, they had to do three parts, you know? People would get up and go to the bathroom. It's like, I'm not leaving. I'm staying right here. Like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> I just want to be by him. If he gets up to leave, I'll leave. But other, if he's here, I'm staying. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> You know, Were you, yeah. did he, did he let you geek out? Did he let you ask questions about housewives and stuff like that? Or did you, did you play it cool? Like you no, weren't meeting a beetle. I played it cool because, you know, tensions were high. Yeah. We were thrilled to be there. We were thrilled in the pandemic that they had made it happen. And they're professionals. Just like, get here, get this done. It was a long reunion. You know, it was like, I don't know how long we we're there, but three episodes worth, you know? And you guys had to, I think, pick up filming pretty quickly after that. So that must've been really intense to go from that to going back into that. That's got to just like set up like weird uh, things that hopefully we'll see, but it, it, it's got to be really awkward for a person to 
Like, I, I just get nervous about situations where I know people don't like me. Like, that. just like, why, why would I go into that situation, you know? Um, in this interview, so you know. Well, wait, wait, I think we like each other. No, oh, that would break my heart. Now, by the way, if, if Heather Gay unfollows me after this, I know. Um, by the way, that's so funny because Heather, I wrote Heather a fan letter, you guys. I think I wrote her a couple. And then I realized, I was like, oh my God, what if she doesn't even run her own thing? And it's like some 15-year-old boy fielding my letters, you know? But it's you. I, well, some people you're I know higher. You're guy in the Bravo universe. You know that, right? Like you're literally the only straight. I'm so scared for the, I'm so scared for the next straight guy to come because they're going to be like, well, Ryan ain't shit. There's another straight guy. Yeah. Like I'm literally like, I'm 26. The, I have a 12 pack and I do everything. <laughs> yeah. If there's a guy, right if there's a guy with one ab that comes into this, I'm screwed. Like if my, my whole magic is gone. Um, uh, okay. It's so we're about, I'm the vampire for straight male energy. And people are always like, Oh, are you dating so much? I'm like, do you guys think that like straight men besides Ryan Bailey watch Bravo housewives? They don't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, I'll take, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm proud of what I like. Find this your is, niche, man. Find your niche and stick uh, with it. That's right. I, but I, I don't know why I genuinely love these shows, but I have since I was like, I've, I've loved reality shows since I was a kid. And then this was just like a natural extension of that. People were like, well, did your ex get you into it? I was like, no, I got myself into it. And all my friends watched. You know why you love stuff. them? You love them because it is humanity played yes. out. And it's, it's every single dramatic human element in a way that's both entertaining and fascinating. Like, I love them too. Like, I yeah. love them. I listen to your podcast. Like, I, I, the same things that turn you on about it and fascinate you are, are for me too. I just who's can't your, believe I'm on it. Who's your favorite housewife? Or before you even started this process, who was your favorite? I just, um, well, the problem is, you know, it's like everything. There's no favorite. You know, I love it, it's a non, yeah. it's a sports team. Everyone's just like, you're my favorite. I'm like, listen, Shaq, and it goes season Kobe, to season. It goes season to season too. Full bench. Yeah, you need a full team to make this happen. You just want, you don't want to see me going around. Nobody's, I if I have my burger at the table and nobody's going to take it, there's nothing to do there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not. A, it's an ensemble. It's a team sport for sure. So every single housewife I adore, but like as far as personal affinity, I don't know how to explain it except that like Sonia Morgan can make me weep. Like she can just like F when she is upset about the Morgan letters and everyone's Last week, yeah. Her, yeah. I'm just like, I feel it. The gold whole Garth thing. I get it because it happens and it's just a weird microaggression that you get with in with women. And you'll, you see it a lot with season one with me, like, just like, well, I need my husband or where's my husband? I need to go get a hug for my husband. Like just kind of these little emphasis of like constant reminder that you're a single and alone and which is not necessarily a bad thing, but because you're aware of it. Like, yeah. I'm oh yeah. 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 Hyper you know, I'm yeah, showing yeah, yeah. up aware of this. So I've already had to, you know, show up here solo. So I'm, I know what I'm facing, but like just kind of that emotional thing. I love Sonia. She makes me laugh. I think that she's kind and funny and outrageous and totally uninhibited. And she's also, um, I feel her pain from her divorce. Yeah. You see that. And unfortunately it comes out, it, it, you know, when she drinks, it exacerbates that and it kind of comes out in these explosions, which I think unfortunately is really entertaining to watch as much as you worry about her. Cause you can't like, we, we now have been so many seasons with Sonia that she comes like, 
it's like the audience, we feel like we know you guys. And I know that's like um, sometimes hard because we don't know you guys, but like for Sonia, like even Ramona, I don't love everything Ramona does, but like at this point, like Ramona can get away with things with me where no other person can, because it's like Ramona, like, I, you know, like, I mean, are you, she she is and she's hilarious and it's great. I don't like totally appropriate woke always doing the right thing housewives. Like that's, I like people that are crazy and messed up and funny and unapologetically themselves and open to like evolving and changing because that's who I think I am. And so I certainly hope that I'm not, you know, blazing a trail for appropriateness. You know? <laughs> hey, as your, as your, uh, your, your catchphrase that didn't take off, you're dead inside. So like, it's, it's fine. You know, um, uh, are you excited for Bravo? <laughs> Are you excited for BravoCon though? Cause you can meet Sonia. You're going to be able to meet all of these people and you're a part of it now. It's like, it's like you're in the Avengers or justice league or something, you know, like it's going to be wild. I want you to edit this out, but like Sarah Catherine Paulson DM'd me and like Lisa Rinna and some of the OGs. And I'm just like, please, I don't even know how to respond. I'm like, do I do the prayer emoji? Do I do the <laughs> emoji with a giant kiss mark? Like, I, I, will, I will eat your ass. Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't. Hey, but also, yeah, don't trust some of them. They just want you as they're going to use you as. Uh, no, I I do sometimes find it funny. Um, the housewives that all get together from other casts and stuff like that. So it's like, and then sometimes I'm like, are they just like campaigning? Are they trying to win people? Over? Like, I, I always just think these random thoughts that are just like probably wrong. It feels, I'll tell you, and I'm, I'm naive and I'm, you know, obviously a huge newbie, but it feels strangely, absolutely safe. Like the safest place I could be is like when I'm in a room with like Bronwyn and we're, I can just say whatever I want to say because she knows my vulnerability and I know hers because we're both in, in it all of a sudden. Does that make sense? Like it, it does. It, it does. Like, sorority. like we know yeah. the secret code. So we're in the sorority. Like I won't screw you if you don't screw me, but then people screw you. <laughs> well, that's what I, but I mean that, that, well, to me, that's what like, I don't, do you, you watch Beverly Hills, right? Or you started, yeah. Or, yeah. Well, like Rinna yeah. to me, yeah, like, well, like I didn't love how she Rinna threw Denise under the bus, and then this season I'm I see that she. This is when I say it's like Survivor. Rinna's making up with uh, Garcelle because Garcelle, she wants it to be yeah. cool, but at the same time, Garcelle's like I don't trust Rinna as far. And I that to me is like when it's like becomes a game. Whereas I feel like you guys are still in a second season where it's not like game moves. You guys are actually living life still. You know. Yeah, and you don't I have any, you, you don't have any new people. Well, you have one new person, but I don't think we can talk about that. You know? Yeah. We have uh, some new, new exciting additions, but it feels, I always, I genuinely have never once thought I want to be mean to her for the show, or I want to um, make up with her for the show. Like that was, that is so far removed from our circle of needs. Like our needs are, we are vulnerable, scared and drunk. And I need a friend in this at dinner. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Would you, is there anything you would take back from this whole experience in terms of filming? Like that was the one line I wish they didn't air. That was the one, was there anything that was just like, damn. I mean, Ryan. (laughs) Every single time I'm on camera, I'm just like <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not like what you yeah, don't like. It's hard for you to watch. Uh, no, I. But like, is there one thing of like, damn, I really misspoke on that one? You know. Um, yeah, I would take back 
90% of the reunion, I didn't understand. I thought I was supposed to go out there like it was the Super Bowl and fucking leave everything on the field. Like every dirty, negative thought, this anger I'd had, I just needed to purge it because then I was going to start fresh with a new bracket on Monday. And like, obviously, I didn't think that through. <laughs> yeah. Because that is not uh, productive for anyone. And it also um, didn't feel good. You know, it didn't feel good at all. And I really... I have no intention to do anything other than just show up and have fun and kind of um, expose our freak to the world. <laughs> Cause it's good. Fun. I mean, that's a bit, well, I mean, but you filmed this second season so quick. Like, are we getting another third season before October potentially? Is like that. I mean, listen, I get, I would hope, I hope yeah. I get the third season. I was thrilled to be invited back for season two and to be a part of it. And to, I'm grateful to Jen for filming it. I'm grateful to her family for letting her film it. I'm grateful that we get to. But are you nervous like about all of it? I mean, like I just, I get nervous. I mean, I got just not, I mean, as a friend of hers and, and by the way, I go really hard on Jen. I make, I mean, I, well, I make fun of the situation and I considered myself Shaw squad, blah, 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 and all that stuff. But I mean, it, it's just a, it's, it's rarefied air. I mean, Erica Jane's potentially going through something similar, but it's just, I don't think these shows have really touched on this before where I was like, oh my God, is an FBI agent going to have a talking head this season? You know, like I get nervous about like, I mean, just, this is, this is uncharted territory, you know? Yes. yes. yes it is. So no, I will. And I'll speak to that. Like I, um, I don't get worried that, um, listen, the easiest thing for me to do would be, be to wash my hands of this woman. You know, yeah. she has certainly established, you know, a way out for me, you know, like, you know, she's <laughs> plenty of reasons to, to, she to did that the first dip. season. She did that potentially the first season. Yeah. You know, she's given me plenty of reasons to dip and I am not dumb, but I don't want to dip. And like, I think about what she's facing and I want to lean in because I think good people can do bad things and she's in She's claiming she's innocent. And I think even if she has to, even if she gets convicted, wrongfully convicted, she can make things right and she can redeem herself and she can show up again for a family. And I guess I'm passionate about second chances because I felt like when I got divorced, I didn't have a second chance. Like it was done. And that sucks, you know? Yeah. Well, how can you redeem some of those hairstyles though? <laughs> That's what we tune in for. It all looks good all the time. We about. Like you want us to show up messy. You want us to take risks. You want us. No, to but even cool. for me, this was. I was just like, uh, how are? I got scared that the show was going to get canceled. I was like, we're done. We're done. We cannot. That's my, that's my I mean, first thought. That was my thought. Was that it's done? They they yeah. screwed. Like they can't continue with the show. So I was so relieved that the show was actually. I was relieved and scared that the show was still filming, but also, you know, you have that. I, I had a line that I was going to use on you and it didn't, uh, but I was just like, usually I was like, Oh, you guys must have really nothing to talk about this season because nothing's happening probably. And, 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 and you guys have everything happening now. And it's like this, it's this weird, horrible gift for a housewife show of like, I mean, us Bravo fans better like strap up because I think this is going to be a wild ride, you know? Um, as someone that's a Bravo fan and also like, you know, straddling that fence and a housewife, like, yeah, it's yeah. going to be incredible. And it's 
everyone shows up and talks about everything and is experiencing it real time. And we're experiencing it real time. And so it's meta, 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 meta housewife drama. And, and yeah, but yeah, you know, we're, this is, this is happening and we're sharing it with the world. And so, you know, we need to give every, you know, we need to give everybody credit that they're willing to like air their dirty laundry because bad people do bad things every single day. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't make my bed today. I mean, like this is, <laughs> I, I, and Carl, Carl from somewhere else always says, make your bed to start the day. Um, uh, That's why Carl and I could never date. Andy tried to set us up. I like, saw oh, that. I was, I was, I was, I was livid when I saw Andy do that. Um, Heather Gay, you have spent so much time with us today. And honestly, this was, uh, this was a treat. I have, I have talked about wanting to talk with you since the very beginning of your first episode. And I am so proud of you. And that sounds so silly because I'm a no, but I'm so proud of you and how you hold yourself. And you are so inspirational, not just to women, but to me. Uh, and you're just funny as hell. And I hope this isn't the last time we talk because I just think you are the cat's pajamas. So I thought we were you. engaged. What do you mean? Well, we're not until the some, wedding day? Sometimes you'll get engaged and then you just don't speak to the other. Other, that's well, that, how it not anymore man that was like <laughs> that was archaic times i'm on the ship i'm coming over okay I'm, good 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 yeah yeah by the way uh and and i'm telling you if scary movie four comes out i will never take you to see that there will be no scary movie four in our Listen, future you can redeem you can just create a glory hole for me ryan and oh my god okay oh too much my parents listen to this show how dare you they don't know they've never seen <laughs> American my, oh my God. I had a, I had a, I made my mom watch uh, summer house this uh, and talk about it. And she had never seen it. And it was of course an episode where Hannah's talking about putting like a penis in her mouth. And I just <laughs> to watch my mom watch that. And we were both feeling deep shame in the same room as each other. It's, it's just horrible. It's horrible. Wait, do you let your, do you let your family watch the show? Do you, well, I mean, I let my daughters watch it. And I had to sit next to my daughters with their mother in a, in a teal one shouldered gown said, I'm always looking for sex. I'm not <laughs> like in front of my teenage daughters, just like, hi girls. Did you have to be like, I was doing that for the cameras. I don't, you know, I don't even, I don't even like sex. <laughs> they laughed. They assumed I was just being funny. I'm usually just being funny because even if you're looking for it, doesn't mean you're getting it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. I've, I definitely know what you mean. Okay. Uh, Heather, I hope you come on again. Uh, uh, we love you and, and thank you so much for doing this. And you're going to be my plus one for BravoCon, right? Is that, is that a done deal? You hear that, Alex? You hear that, Alex? It's done brother. Sorry, dude. Alex already got his own. Batches. <laughs> <laughs>